Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. College basketball is a little different in the triangle. In other areas of the country, college basketball is either something they'll start paying attention to during March Madness, or if they do care about college basketball during the regular season, it's for one program. Around here, with multiple teams, it's treated like professional basketball, which is why an actual pro team will probably never grab a hold of the triangle's attention. Or in the example of one startup professional basketball league franchise, fail miserably. The triangle has the most unique landscape for sports. Three major universities along Tobacco Road with rabid fan bases. A Stanley Cup champion. An NFL team right down the road and heavily invested transplants. Not to mention an interesting mix of sports teams that were. Joe Ovius brings you a brief history of Triangle Sports, a candid conversation with those who help shape why sports matters here. The Global Basketball Association had big plans. It's right there in the name. They started play in the fall of 1991 with 11 teams scattered throughout the South and Midwest with plans for teams in Europe. That would never happen because the GBA folded in the middle of its second season. Reasons for the Global Basketball Association's demise should be fairly obvious. Most of it had to do with money. Once that cash runway runs out, just about every startup league in the history of American sports ends up crashing. But some of it also had to do with the misreading of the market, which is how Raleigh ended up with a franchise dubbed the Bullfrogs. Here it is, the logo of Raleigh's new entry in the Global Basketball Association. Don't tell Monty Tao the Bullfrogs can't succeed. I've been highly motivated when people have told me that something couldn't happen or that I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that. And uh, to be honest with you, we've had a lot of people that tell us, you know, this can't happen or this won't happen, but I firmly believe that the numbers are there. And they believe the numbers are there in Fayetteville, too. The GBA Fayetteville Flyers today unveiled their logo and coach Kevin Mackey. The caliber of athlete that'll play in the Global League will be absolutely outstanding. Physically, a lot of them will be equivalent to the guys in the NBA. The Fayetteville and Raleigh teams said they won't compete with the ACC. They feel there's enough fan interest for both. Bob Holiday, WRL TV5 Sports. From the jump, the Raleigh Bullfrogs were in a tough position. It's not like they were going to share a gym with NC State. And the entertainment and sports arena was merely a concept at that point in the early 90s. That left Dorton Arena, a.k.a. the Lilypad, as the only viable location for the Bullfrogs. Slight problem. There was another sports team using the place most nights. Scoreboard sign says home court of the Bullfrogs, but not anymore. Raleigh's fledgling pro basketball team is scheduled to play only eight or nine of 28 home games at Dorton. The Raleigh Ice Caps had first dibs on Dorton dates ahead of the Bullfrogs. But apparently, basketball and ice hockey don't make good arena mates. Dorton Arena management says there's some logistical problems in converting this floor from ice hockey into the hardwood needed for basketball. Additionally, there is another problem. It has to do with money. 
and poor attendance at Bullfrogs games. For former player Chuck Nevitt, the explanation is as easy as a slam dunk. If they had an NBA team here in Raleigh, it would do great because people would come out to see Michael Jordan and those guys, but it's hard to get them to come out and see players who have no name for themselves, really. Still, Dorton made a profit from Bullfrogs games, but makes more money when these seats are full. That's because Dorton Arena charges $1,200 per day or 10% of the gross ticket sales, whichever is best. More seats, more money. I'm not going to say it wasn't a part of the decision, but again, the, base, the major reason was just the physical logistics of making that transition from hockey to basketball and back again and trying to work in the demands both groups had for playing time and practice time. Uh, it just, that's what all entered into the decision. Is the Frogs' future flimsy? Well, not yet, says owner Larry Hall. He told us late today, we are negotiating with someone, but I'm not at liberty to discuss it further. The answer to whether the Frogs survive the long, hot summer could come before the end of the week. Stella Shelton, WRAL-TV 5 News, Raleigh. Remember what I said about money? Well, it wasn't coming in because of the less than ideal home schedule. But when you throw in the news that the owner of the team is in tax trouble with the state, you get the sense this isn't going to work out in the long run. They drew a crowd large and loud enough to be confused with that of their minor league cousins, the Ice Caps. But every time the Raleigh Bullfrogs seem ready to hit their stride, along comes another stumbling block. Last month, it was the hockey ice under the court. Tonight, criminal charges could put the freeze on owner Larry Hall's assets until his tax trouble is worked out. It's alleged Hall's computer business collected $75,000 in state and county taxes, yet failed to pay. Meanwhile, the commissioner of this new league says the controversy won't affect the team. What we're selling is professional basketball. No one uh, buys tickets to come and watch uh, the ownership. And the commissioner just might be right. Despite the off-court publicity surrounding the ownership, the support base here seems to be growing. Would you be real disappointed if this uh, club were to fold up and, and move to another town? I would break down and cry like a two-year-old. <laughs> Please don't go, Rally Bullfrogs. Please don't go. And while Coach Monty Tao may not be quite as emotional about the team's future, he is confident, confident it will be around for a while. We're planning to be here forever. Kurt Autry, WRAL TV 5 News, Raleigh. More red flags popped up for the Bullfrogs as the season limped along. Never a good sign when the folks you owe money to admit they're never going to see it. It's not easy being the Raleigh Bullfrogs these days. Starting a new professional basketball franchise in the heart of ACC hoop country has been difficult at best. Owners are encouraged by what they say are increasing attendance numbers, but there's plenty to be discouraged about. Durham Sporting Goods is suing the Bullfrogs for failure to pay nearly $13,000 worth of shoes and uniforms. The Sporting Goods chain is worried it'll never see the money. The Bulls say not to worry. A lot of companies have some debt. I think the United States altogether has about a trillion dollars worth of debt. Uh, you know, if we have some bills, if they're valid bills, we plan on paying them. And you think that one's one you can fix pretty quick? Uh, yeah, we're, we're working things out with uh, several different creditors, and I don't see any problem with everybody uh, getting what's owed to them. Despite all the negatives, the answer to all of the Bullfrogs' problems is a simple one. They need to fill more of these. Being a Bullfrogs fan on a Wednesday night can be a very lonely proposition. The Bullfrogs counter that attendance is strong on weekends. 
but those behind the concession counter say their sales are anything but strong. Well, I wouldn't say even, but I said we have been, you know, doing fair. Doing fair. You would like it to do better? Oh, sure. We could stand for it to be a lot better. It's really good. Yeah, it would be nice if it would be better, but uh, we have to stick with them. Ultimately, it's the fans that can pull the bullfrogs out of financial difficulty. The owners say if they can just make it through the first year without folding, they'll have a better shot at filling the stands next season. Mark Roberts, WREL-TV5 News, Raleigh. With the money drying up and the novelty of a pro team with some recognizable names started to wear off, crowds got thinner, and the bullfrogs were well on their way to getting squished. The ball is white, the team color is purple, and there is no doubt that financially the club is in the red. Like a lot of teams in the new Global Basketball Association, the Bullfrogs are having a hard time drawing a crowd. And now a shakeup of sorts. One of the club's minority partners, the man most of us know as Mr. Cash, has pulled his cash. And today, a new GM is in charge. Michael Cox, a CBA veteran, says the midseason shakeup is nothing to worry about. And, you know, there's been some growing pains here. There's been some growing pains in the whole league, which is expected for a first-year league. Uh, but things are really getting worked out well here. There's a lot of interest and a lot of support for the team. You'll never have trouble finding a good seat at a Bullfrogs game. As you can see, there are always plenty of them. The crowd support has been disappointing, but hardly unprecedented. Raleigh has never welcomed a professional sports team. And football didn't do too well either. The Skyhawks folded last year after a winless season, but the Bullfrogs have fared a little better in the win column. In fact, they've been coming on as of late. And even the fans seem puzzled by the lack of attendance. The baseball teams are really popular. You think people would really get into this too. For the Bullfrogs and the rest of the league, the key will be to survive this inaugural season. In any startup venture, profit is usually slow in coming, and the Frogs will be no different. For now, the only green this team will see is its mascot. Kurt Autry, WRAL-TV5 News, Raleigh. In the one and only season of Raleigh Bullfrogs basketball, they finished in last in the Global Basketball Association's Eastern Division with a losing record of 28 and 35. And they still owed people money, right down to the ball boys. The Raleigh Bullfrogs never quite got in sync with the people they needed to survive. They played their home games at Dorton Arena, but the Ice Caps hockey team had already taken the good dates. The Frogs got the leftovers. This year, Dorton Arena told the Frogs to go jump. Changing from ice rink to basketball floor was not worth their while. Hockey was a moneymaker, so the Frogs had to go. With no place to play, the Bullfrogs have filed for bankruptcy. Frogs owner Larry Hall was not available to be interviewed, but the Ice Caps say they are sorry it didn't work out. We were very fortunate enough to be successful on our part, and I don't think it helps any of the franchises if one fails. Among the others who are sorry to see the Frogs go is Ryan Combs, a ball boy who still hasn't been paid for all his work done. They owed me $105. And um, did you ever go on back and talk to him and ask him if you could get the money? Or? No, because the trainer told me, he said that um, that he was going to Las Vegas, but he'd be back, and he never came back. Altogether, the Bullfrogs are more than a half million dollars in debt. A lot of folks like Ryan will probably never see their money from the franchise. Rick Sullivan, WREL-TV5 Sports.
Despite the money issues, there was one local investor who you might have heard of that was still interested in potentially saving the franchise. However, nobody wanted the Bullfrogs as a tenant. The Bullfrogs almost had a savior. SAS Incorporated and Kerry was reportedly very close to buying the franchise. But when the Bullfrogs were not invited back to Dorton Arena, the deal fell through. Fairgrounds manager Sam Rand says special basketball events are a big hit at Dorton, but the Bullfrogs were at the bottom of the charts. We have single games here, like we've had the Globetrotters. Uh, St. Augustine has played two or three games here. Over here. The, the draw is good, but we have never had 32 games here before as we did this year. And I just, in my personal opinion, it was too much basketball for Dorton Arena. As one Bullfrogs fan put it, it was just the wrong game at the wrong time in the wrong city. Mark Roberts, WRAL-TV5 News, Raleigh. And there you have it. The too-long-didn't-read-history of the Raleigh Bullfrogs. Sounded terrible, right? Well, not if you ask ACC legend Chris Corciani. Despite the financial issues, terrible court conditions, and lack of fans, Corciani absolutely loved his time with the Bullfrogs, hanging out in the lily pad, even if that game check might not have cleared at the end of the week. I did a Google search for the Raleigh Bullfrogs. There is not a lot of information available for this team or the league that it was a part of, the Global Basketball Association. The only thing that I could pull was a wire report on the Greensboro News and Record, and this is how it reads. The Global Basketball Association's Raleigh Bullfrogs has signed former North Carolina State point guard Chris Corciani, team officials announced on Tuesday. You're waived by the Orlando Magic last week, all-time assist leader with 1,038 assists, only college player to surpass 1,000 assists. Mark, quote, it's a great feeling to have the opportunity to come back and play for the Bullfrogs. You go from really being set back to landing on your feet again. End quote. End of wire story. That, that was, was it. That That's was it. all I could find. <laughs> so I feel like there's there's some gap there. 1991, you graduate from NC State. What what goes on with your career starting there? I got When I got drafted, I knew that it was going to be very difficult because they had three uh, point guards on the roster. So it wasn't the best team to get drafted in the second round. Went to training camp, um, played terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, just was, was, was just the game was so fast and physical and strong and um, didn't have a good camp and uh, was released by uh, Matty Gukas, was the coach of the Magic. Um, and, um, you know, didn't know what I was going to do. And all oh, here came the Raleigh Bullfrogs, and it was a uh, a, a great opportunity to continue playing. And um, you know, I, I'm forever grateful for the Raleigh Bullfrogs and Monty Tao and all the people that were associated with that league that didn't last long, but mm-hmm. it, it uh, has a special place in my heart. I am curious. You could go overseas. You know, a lot of guys go go play overseas, um, and I know you have. So it was it. What made you decide? Was it the connection to NC State and, and Monty Tao? I know you had a relationship with Monty Tao through recruitment. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, where was he coaching? He was coaching at Florida yep. at that time, That's and, right. and you're coming out of Hialeah Lakes, right? Yep. So that would make sense. 
was it was it a relationship that drew you to the Bullfrogs? You know, it, it was you know the the uh, opportunity to come back to Raleigh. Mm-hmm. You know, where I had spent four great years. Um, certainly, the relationship with Monty Tao, who recruited me heavily for for three years, I had a great bond with him. Um, and then also the the opportunity to potentially get back to the NBA. I thought that um, being in this uh, Global Basketball Association was potentially an opportunity in, instead of just going overseas okay. immediately. Now, did you get that? Opp- you, you got that opportunity, right? You're, you're playing with the Bullfrogs. There's only one season of it, but you were playing with the Bullfrogs. A, Joe, having a ball. Okay, I so mean, you're having, we'll, we'll oh get to that. Gosh. We're going to get to how you were having a good time so with much the Bullfrogs. <laughs> but you're, you're with the Bullfrogs, and you actually did get that opportunity with the Magic, right? I did. Sometimes he can't believe he's here. Chris Corciani, late of NC State and the Raleigh Bullfrogs, is taking his shots with the big boys of the NBA. Sometimes it's hard for me really to get my mind in the game uh, when I'm seeing these players run up and down. Players that I've always looked uh, up to so much and, uh, you know, then the coach will yell, yell my name down to the bench and I'm supposed to go in there and, and guard these players and, uh, you know, it's just, a, it's really amazing. Like I said, it's sometimes, you know, it's hard for me to believe that I'm here. Corciani knows his role in Orlando. Scott Skiles starts at point guard, then Corch relieves him. Skiles is a score, but Chris does the little things. I've never really been known as a, as a defensive player, but when I go in, uh, the coach wants me to apply as much pressure as I can for as long as I can and, uh, you know, just play hard. This is vintage Corciani. He gets the long rebound and leads the fast break. Just like in college, he dishes to the man on the wing for the bucket. Chris Corciani isn't what the NBA calls an impact player, but he makes an impact every time down the floor. In Orlando, Bob Holiday, WRL TV5 Sports. Got a call one day. I was probably with uh, the Bullfrogs for, you know, maybe six weeks, seven weeks, and really having a great time. And um, we're getting ready to, to play the Fayetteville Flyers down. I'm sure you've heard of the Fayetteville Flyers, of course. Yeah. Yes. And uh, our bus rolls up to the Cumberland County, you know, auditorium and we're getting ready to play in front of about uh probably five, six hundred people. It's a, a big deal, right? So we walk in and uh, one of the security guards at the arena, you know, said, Hey, you know, which one's Corciani? And I said, oh, I am and he says, uh, you need to call your agent right away. Again, this is before cell everybody had cell phones and he says, You need to go to a payphone, you know, he said that, you know, your your uh, agent said Make sure you don't play because you've been called up with the Orlando Magic. And right away, I said, okay, somebody somebody put the security guard up to a joke. Because oh, I, this okay. team, all this team did was just prank one another and joke. And it was just like, it was almost like a fraternity basketball team. It was just one prank after another. But I ended up calling my uh, agent, Mark Rogers at the time. And he told me, he said, Scott Skiles and Sam Vincent got injured on the same day. You just got a call. You need to leave from RDU in the morning and fly to Denver, meet the team out there. And not only are you, uh, you know, being called up, you're starting tomorrow night. So I was like, oh, my gosh. And got back to Raleigh, you know, packed what what clothes I had and uh, got on the flight. And the flight was like I, I went from – Raleigh to Charlotte, Charlotte to, you know, uh, Dallas. It took me forever to get there. Mm-hmm. Ended up landing in Denver. And I'm excited. I've got a rush from the airport 
I've got to get to McNichols Arena in Denver for a 7 o'clock tip. I get in the, the cab, and I'm a chatty guy, and I start talking to the cab driver, and again, before Uber. And um, the guy says, you, you know, you going to the game tonight? And I said, well, you know, matter of fact, I, I am going yes, to the game. I, I said, uh, <laughs> I said, I'm actually, you know, playing for the Orlando Magic. And he kind of looks in his rearview mirror at me like I'm crazy. And I said, uh, I'm starting. You know, I'm the starting point guard tonight. And this guy really thought I was nuts. And he said, oh, okay. You know, he dropped me off, wanted to get rid of me as fast as he could. Then like, I, did this guy just come off a mountain? Uh, like, what's, is, is, is he lacking oxygen? What's, what's uh, happening? Yeah, he, he thought that I was uh, smoking something <laughs> or you know, I don't know what was going on. But then I get there, Joe. I get to the arena and I don't know where to go, but I know I need to get in there. Sure. And it's probably, you know, 545. It's an hour and 15 minutes before the game. And I said, you know, let me just go up to the regular gate where a normal fan would go. And I say to the, the, the usher there, I said, you know, I, I need to get in, get to the locker room. And the guy said, excuse me. I said, well, I'm, I'm actually, I know it doesn't, doesn't, you know, I don't look the part, but I'm actually uh, playing tonight in the game. Yeah. And the guy gets, he says, uh, security, you know, I need you down here at gate six. We got a little issue. We got to, and, and to make things worse, I'm carrying this purple bag that says Raleigh Bullfrogs on it's oh, like a oh, it, it's like a bowling ball yeah, yeah a yeah, bowling yeah. bag and I, I end up finally I end up they call and call down I end up getting in and uh, meet with Matty Gukas before he puts in two plays it's a pick and roll on the right a pick and roll on the left and the third play was just pass it to the wing and bury yourself in the in the corner mm-hmm. but it was uh, uh, an amazing way to to, to start uh, my career that I'm just thinking about the bullfrog's duffel. You, <laughs> heck, you could probably get some money for that if you still had it. If I still had it, oh, I could have sold that. Oh, man. Yeah, between between unitards, if I had unitards and my Raleigh bullfrog multiple bags, I, I would be a rich man. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It doesn't work out initially with the Orlando Magic. You get signed by the Raleigh Bullfrogs. You're getting coached by Monty Tao. You've got some familiarity. But I also get the sense that the guys you're playing with are guys that you've known, too, uh, for a while. Who who came through on that one season of the Raleigh Bullfrogs? Uh, it was a, uh, a good group of local 
talent. Mm-hmm. And you had uh, Quinn Snyder that uh, went to Duke. You had Ranzino Smith that played at Carolina. Uh, Lorenzo Charles um, was on that team. Chuck Nevitt, two-time NBA champion yeah. at seven foot five or six, was on the team. Yeah. Um, then you had a, a lot of local players that played at UNC Charlotte, and um, just a tremendous, fun group of players. Um, you know, we we just had a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like we're we're all fairly you know fresh out of college. None of us thought that we were that good, but it was like a fraternity league that we were getting paid very, very little. And how much were but, you getting paid? You know, I was the highest uh, paid player in the league, believe oh. it or not. And I, uh, that, I, is, that I, is a fun fact. I, I did not realize you had the yeah. richest contract in global basketball I, 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 association yeah, history. Yeah. For, for what that's worth, I was getting probably $1,500 a month. And uh, it was a funny story, Joe, is we, we had a number of local people in the checks that you would get, you'd get paid every Friday. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if you didn't get to the bank right away, that check wasn't going to be good. Oh, so being a Raleigh uh, uh, native, so to speak, I knew all the shortcuts to the bank. So so Lorenzo Charles, myself, Chuck Nevitt, you know, the, the, the NC State guys, we'd zip oh. right to the bank, and we always got paid. But if you were a little slow getting there, oh, <laughs> it wasn't always guaranteed. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I, have, I am curious. Like you said, you, you're young. You, you're young at this point. You just want to play basketball. I get that. But it had to be a little bit of a stark, this is how the other half lives moment, though. I mean, you're coming from NC State. Uh, Reynolds Coliseum, as we know, while it wasn't big, packs him in. And uh, your group with Rodney Monroe was a very popular group at that time. Jim Valvano was your coach. You go to the Orlando Magic. Brief moment with the Magic, but you're playing in front of NBA crowds. What's it like in Dorton, man, for a basketball game? The best. The but there was at, nobody there. Joe, it was the best. They draw 2,500, 3,000 people. Mm-hmm. They came more for the beer <laughs> that was a dollar, more than for for the great talent that was on the floor. But but the atmosphere was tremendous. Okay. You know, you you um you know, you had people that were right all around the court. Um, you know, they're like I said, they're boozing, yelling, mm-hmm. screaming. Um, you know, a lot of fun. We actually played with basketballs that were white. I don't know if you recall that. So that was one of the, the neat things that uh, this does, league had, a white basketball. You? How does that affect you? I, I couldn't shoot, so it didn't bother me one way or another. You know, some of the shooters didn't like it. But, um, no, we, we, had a, we had a ball. It was so much fun. And, you know, again, it was the, the group of players that I played with. You know, we'd go on road trips and – we would stay in motels, not hotels, mm. and, and we we were not staying at the uh, the Umstead or any of these nice places. It was kind of a lot of these hotels were rented by the hour, but we would go in there and we'd play cards and we'd drink beer and just cut up and go from room to room. Yeah. And, and when then you know we we'd get up early in the morning and, and get on a bus and cut up and have a have a big time did you did you party harder with the bullfrogs than you did while you were at state 
I'd be we're adults very, now with money at this yeah, point. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, we were we had a lot of money now. Yeah, you know, I was gonna we, say, we, hey man, fifteen hundred bucks a month. <laughs> that's, that's that's cheap right, beer right, money right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. We still didn't take our, uh, our our beer money up to the next level. We were still like old Milwaukee type. <laughs> oh, but uh no, it was um you know, it was just one of those experiences that uh you know, you loved and Monty mm-hmm. Tao was just fabulous and he'd be in there, you know, with us partying and talking and and everybody loved the game and and no one really had the the expectation that, you know, they were gonna further their basketball career. They were just kinda all happy to be there. Okay. And uh, you know, look at what, you know, Quinn Snyder has done beyond that and we had a guy named Daryl Armstrong that, that left the Bullfrogs and had a, a long career uh, in the NBA, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, Chuck Nevitt had yep. already, you know, had a nice career with a couple championships. So it was just a neat group of guys. This is the this is the sense that I get anytime I talk to somebody who's played basketball, specifically basketball, more than any other sport. There's just an appreciation to play the game when you have an opportunity to play it. Like we did, we did a contest with the radio station that featured Jay Williams of Duke. He's now with ESPN. And uh, part of that contest was like essentially a listener getting to play a game of horse with Jay Williams. I actually saw it. Yeah. Yeah. So watching Jay walk into Cameron, where he's played so many times, he just needed the ball in his hand and he just was in his own zone. It didn't matter who was there. And it was fascinating to watch. But I see this all the time, specifically with basketball players or people who played the game. So. Uh, this this seems to track with the Bullfrogs. It didn't really matter what the conditions were or how much you were getting paid. It was just, hey, man, we're just here to play the game. That's right. We were young. A lot of us were, you know, a year or two removed from college. Mm-hmm. You know, we we didn't look at what this might become. We just were kind of living the moment and uh, enjoyed playing. We'd roll up, you know, get out. You know, we didn't have any, you know, swanky outfits. Maybe, maybe hung over. Hung over, maybe from playing time cards to, too long. From time to time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, we we just had a we just had a, a ball. We 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 were home. Um, you know, we had a little home stand, and we had a guy named I'll never forget his name, Billy Crisco. Okay. And um, you know, we we went to a buddy of uh, ours' house, and we were we were playing craps. We had a makeshift craps board, and we had ten fifteen guys and. Probably seven or eight bullfrogs were in that group, and we ended up playing. And I told Billy, I said, Billy, the house never loses. Why don't you be the the dealer? And 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 Billy was not one of the higher paid guys in the in the Global Basketball Association. And fair enough, he got wiped out. He he lost every penny that he had to his name. And he said, I don't know what's going to happen. I've got my girlfriend coming in on a on a bus tomorrow for this homestand. I've lost every penny. Well, it got worse. His girlfriend comes in. She ends up breaking up with him. Oh, so he's got Jeez. he's got no money because he lost it gambling. His girlfriend breaks up with him, and then Monty Tao cuts him. No. So he he was broke, out of a relationship, and out of a job all within twenty four hours. Damn man, <laughs> that, as the kids would say, that you are down. You are down bad in that situation. That is terrible. That well, is terrible. Poor Billy. Poor Billy. I have it on. I have it on good authority that with the Raleigh Ice Caps playing in the same building, sharing the floor with the Bullfrogs, that it led to some less than ideal court conditions. At times, Very is, true. Is, is that true? What Very would happen true. there? 
very very uh, slippery. Okay. You know, so there would be condensation and, um, you know, you'd be dribbling down the court and all of a sudden you'd, you'd slip and fall. But that was all part of it. You know, you, you ended up, you know, it wasn't something that this league wasn't going to cancel a game because of condensation on the floor. But, yeah, there was some issues with the, the, the ice and certain temperatures and court being slippery. And, and none of the and players said, look, I'm not going out on that. I don't want to risk injury. We, were, we just wanted to play. Okay. We, you know, we wanted a ball. And, you know, there, the, the Global Basketball Association didn't have any prima donnas. Mm-hmm. You know, we just wanted to all play and, and, and just, you know, see where it was going to lead us. And, and, uh, but certainly condensation on court uh, w- w- was a thing. So when the Raleigh Bullfrogs, you you had to know that this league wasn't going to last. Oh yeah, we knew that because our checks weren't always uh, being cashed. You know? So we we knew it was kind of weak. Now did to you? Week. Now okay, going back to what you said about the bank, did you ever get to a point where you thought you got to the bank on time and that check didn't go? No, not once. Not once. But, okay. But I also knew all the back roads to get to, okay, to, okay, to the bank. Okay. So you so. always you always got that check in on time. Oh yeah, there was um, no, yeah, that was not a problem. Okay, I just wanted to, I just wanted to make sure on that. But you, <laughs> but you know, getting back to your point, like the check didn't always clear if you didn't get there on time for some of your teammates. So you had to know that this wasn't going to last. That, that we we all knew that a hundred percent that this was not a league. I mean, we, you know, you you do the math and you see, you know. You know, fifteen hundred people in the stands, and you know, you see the the amount of money that they're spending, and there's not, you know, endorsement money coming in and sponsorship. But um, you know, they had a they had a big vision that at least excited all of us, and we but we knew that that was uh, not going to be long term. You you talk about the crowds on Wikipedia now. Take it for, again because trying to find information on the Global Basketball Association is a little hard to come by. That all is so considered. surprising. This is I one know, of the best shocking, leagues right? ever around. A, a league that lasted <laughs> one and a half seasons. It's so strange that uh, you can't really find a lot of information. Sure. Uh, but on Wikipedia, there is an entry about uh, attendance. And this was for a game that took place in Nashville for the Music City Jammers. The Jammers. Yeah. Wow. All right, so they had an average attendance of 300 people per game. They played a game on February 2nd, 1992 in a in the Nashville Municipal Auditorium that seats 11,000 people, wow. but they had a total attendance, including the players, referees, and statisticians, <laughs> of 136. Wow. Oh, 136, Chris. Well, that tells you, um, you do the math on that, and the tickets were probably three bucks. Probably, <laughs> that, yeah. That, that probably. Yeah, Nashville, there's probably a lot more to do than watch a uh, 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 the Raleigh Bullfrogs play the Jammers. Yeah, there was one uh, one team, the Shooters, where apparently their telephone service got shut off for a failure to pay the telephone bill. Yeah. You know, you know, like we said, it was th- this was uh, not backed by uh, uh, big time supporters, <laughs> but but again, we we just um, you know we enjoyed it while it lasted, and it was, and I've talked to other players, and I said, you know what, you know John Crotty, who was my uh, nemesis that went to the University of Virginia, mm-hmm. he played for the Greenville, you know, Grenade or whatever they were, Greenville Spinners, the Spinners. He spinners. was he was a star on the Spinners, but I've talked to him. You know, um, in recent years, and we'll always bring up the uh, the Global Basketball the Association. Old. And if other people are around us, they have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> well, it's it's funny because uh, before we recorded this, uh, just by this was a chance encounter. Uh, former Duke star Grant Hill is in the building. He's promoting his book, 
and uh, you know we're hanging out in the kitchen, and I and I point out to Corciana, hey man, Grant Hill's here. And I was trying to do the math, like you guys crossed over, right? And you guys did. We did one yeah. season, right? And he's like, what are you doing here? And I explain. Well, yeah, he's helping me out with this podcast, talk about the bullfrogs. I don't think Grant Hill remembered that. Nope, it didn't. It didn't. Uh, he was like bullfrogs. As I, <laughs> I said, Grant, Grant, your career took a different path than mine. <laughs> I can promise you that. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. You know the bullfrogs aren't going to last. Your teammates understand this. I'm sure Monty Tao understands this. Um, did you start making preparations for what you were going to do next in the middle of the season, or you just waited for things to end and then you just pick it up where you go? Exactly. From there? I was going to wait until the season ended okay. and kind of you know see what the dust settled. But you know, my whole career, I played basketball at a young age. I never played to get a scholarship. I played because I love the game. Mm-hmm. You know, when I got to NC State, I never looked at playing further it was just this is what I love doing I'm gonna play as hard as I can as long as I can and the same thing with the Bullfrogs I was very fortunate to get called up um, you know midway through that season to get Mm -hmm. called up with the uh, Orlando Magic one of the great stories that I have is when I got called up with the Magic and we were on a West Coast uh, road trip and we were playing the Warriors and the Lakers and the Clippers and one night I rolled in after dinner, and Matty Gukas was at the bar. He was the head coach of the Orlando Magic. And I sat down and had a beer with him, and I said, uh, I said, Coach Gukas, wh- why did you call me up? You know, why why me? Yeah. And I said, I want to just thank you, you know, for the opportunity you've given me. And he said, Chris, let me tell you something. You, you weren't the best player, the athlete that we could have called up, but the way you handled your exit interview, I wanted to give you another opportunity. So when he released me and basically, in other words, fired you or told you you're not good enough to play on this team, I stopped and I said, Coach, first of all, I want to thank you for the opportunity, drafting me and having confidence in me. But I said, what do I need to do to be able to play in this league? And he stopped and he said, I've never had one person that I've cut ask that question. So we ended up spending a half an hour, 45 minutes in my exit interview Mm him telling me the different things, long litany of yeah, things yeah, yeah. that I needed to work on. And he told me, he said, all of my exit interviews usually take 60 seconds, maybe a couple minutes. He said, 
normally people are upset, not happy, you know, think I didn't give them an opportunity. You accepted it, but also asked how you could better yourself. And he said, I wanted to give you an opportunity. So I, I've used that, told my kids, told a lot of people, if I'm ever doing any public speaking is how you handle an exit interview can really help you mm-hmm. long-term. So it's a story that I'll, I'll uh, I, I embrace because it gave me an opportunity to play three years in the NBA because of that exit interview. But it was quite the journey to get to those other NBA stops. Um, cause you know, the, the bullfrogs wrap up their one and only season in 1992, you, you get called up by the magic, uh, and clearly you, you're young and you still want to play. So now you end up in the CBA. You're with the, uh, what the rapid city thrillers. Um, yes. Okay. And that, coached by Eric Musselman. Man, there's all sorts of these connections, the man. The must bus, yeah. Jeez, how yeah. about that? Yeah, yeah. But he, then, but this leads you to what at the time was the, because I'm trying to remember your, this leads you to the Washington Bullets. So you're, you're playing basketball. How did how did the, you know, you know, Bullfrogs, Magic, all right, CBA with the Thrillers to the Washington Bullets. How does that work out for somebody like you? So the, the it went from um, the Bullfrogs to the Orlando Magic. Mm-hmm. And so then I finished that year and then I played part of the next year with the magic then i get cut Mm -hmm. and i go to the rapid silly thrillers played there about uh a month okay and lived in a hotel so cold joe (laughs) the two of us being from florida we don't like cold weather No, we don't don't even get acclimated to we just don't like it well this is this is another level of cold it's Mm -hmm. like living in a refrigerator or freezer i couldn't stand it Mm -hmm. i was literally days away from you know, coming back to Raleigh and being a real estate agent or insurance agent, I was giving up my career and uh, ended up getting a call up uh, to the Washington Bullets mm-hmm. at the time. And and the only reason for that was Tom Gugliotta was their, their rookie sensation and Brent Price, uh, point guard, got injured. So they called me up um, and gave me a 10-day contract, which – was nice being back in the league again. I mm-hmm. played three games, played uh, a total of one minute in three games. <laughs> and, but you notch and, minutes. And was released. Now, okay. in the NBA, you usually get two 10-day contracts. Mm-hmm. The Washington Bullets gave me a 10-day contract, and then I got released. Long story short, you need three years to get pension in the NBA. Okay. I played three years, but I'm missing about six days in order to get my pension. So the fact the bullets didn't give me two ten days ended up costing my me my pension. How much mo- <laughs> How much money would you have gotten with a pension? I'm not sure because it goes by how many years you played. I sure, years minim- accrued. I would have had minimum of three. Yeah. And it goes by amount of money that you made, and that was minimum six days. Yeah, that's yeah. what you missed by. Yeah, six days. Funny, my my rookie contract was $93,000. Okay. And, um, you know, now if you fast forward to rookie contracts, it's uh, far greater a little than more that. Subs- yeah, a little e- more substantial than e- that. Exactly. Yeah, because cause the Bullets, you, you end up going overseas. That's right. And then you end up with Boston. I go overseas, and uh, I go over to Treviso, Italy, and mm-hmm. play for Benetton. Actually, my teammate was Tony Kukoc. And um, <clears throat> when I go over there, uh, my first game that I play – um, end up playing against a guy named Haywood Workman that had a career with the Indiana Pacers for a long time. But 
I go over, I have 33 points, seven assists, have a great game. Yeah. I'm, I'm making three-pointers, and I was a terrible shooter. So I'm thinking the next day in the paper, they're going to be just singing my praises. Yeah, sure. Well, what ended up happening, Vinny Del Negro played for that same team two years before, you know, the two years prior to me getting there yeah. and was Michael Jordan of Italy. They loved him. So I have 33 hitting three-pointers, playing great, and the newspaper reads, he's no Vinny Del Negro. I was wow. like, I was like, pal, let me tell you something. This is all I got. It doesn't get any better than this. So I knew I, knew I was in trouble over there. So that was a, uh, a, a not a good way to start. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, so your contract with the Celtics then was another series of those ten days. No, the, the following year when I left Italy, I I went to um, training camp. Okay, uh, actually played in the L.A. Summer League, which, which used to be a real big thing. Sure, they um, offered me a contract to come. And it was partially guaranteed. Mm-hmm. So I knew I had an opportunity, but I had to make the team in order to get my full compensation. So I had a great uh, training camp in Boston and ended up making the team and, and playing, you know, the full year there. One of the great, uh, you know, people think of the Celtics and, um, you know, we were one year removed from Kevin McHale and two years removed from Larry Bird. And, one of the few Celtic teams that um, didn't make the playoffs, so it was not one of those legendary Boston Celtic sure, teams, but sure. it was the last year of the Boston Garden, mm-hmm. which was pretty cool. So I went from Orlando, which was glitz and yeah, it was brand know, glamour, new at the time, yeah, it was brand new, new. to the, the the Boston Garden that was you know they weren't going to renovate it because they were getting ready to tear it down, but. Look, man, you played in some iconic buildings, Dorton yeah. Arena Dort- <laughs> and the Boston Garden. And Come I'll take now. Dorton over all of them, I'm telling you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where it all started, and it was uh, it was fun. So I feel, you know, and I guess this is, we can we can wrap the conversation on this. I, I guess the first, that, your first season of professional basketball with the Raleigh Bullfrogs, how, how much did that kind of prepare you or set the template for what would end up kind of being the next 10 years of your career after the Celtics? Because, I mean, I can go to the Chris Corciani Wikipedia page and I'm looking at team names I can't pronounce. <laughs> okay, I mean, we got we got F.S. Pilsen. Yep. We got Bayer uh, Levin, Leverkusen. Uh, Le- yeah. Right. We got Valvi. These are where are these? Where are these teams? So I played uh, eight years in Europe. I okay. Three in Italy, three in Spain, one in Germany, and one in Turkey. Okay. And uh, you know, it, it when that experience of of playing in all these foreign countries is, you know, tremendous. Oh and, sure. Um, you know, so I took the not only the basketball end of it, but I took learning the culture and the language and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wouldn't trade my career. I played 11 years professionally, didn't make a ton of money, mm. but the experience I had was, you know, something I would never, never, never regret. Yeah, the experience has to outweigh what you're doing in terms of finances, uh, right back down to the Raleigh Bullfrogs. As you mentioned, you said this was an, a, a great year of cutting up with guys uh, similar to your situation. And I've talked to former ACC players who have spent time in Europe, but it has to be an experience because there's also some frustrations, you know. Were you sure you were going to get paid every no. single one of these times? No, not not at all. I mean, you know, it, it got a good story. Todd Fuller uh, was an NC State basketball player that that was drafted mm-hmm. in the NBA, and he ended up. Well, we ended up in uh, very close proximity in Spain, mm-hmm. so we would get together from time to time and grab lunch uh, or whatnot. 
And and he would call me up and he'd say, listen, I haven't gotten paid in a couple of weeks. And I said, Todd, you've got to sit out practice. Tell him you're not practicing, you're not playing until mm-hmm. you get paid. And Todd was such a nice guy. He was like, Chris, that's, you know, I can't do that. You know, I, you know, I signed on to perform. I said, yes, but you signed on to get paid. I said, until you sit out, you're not getting your money. Mm-hmm. I said, you have to understand their, their culture, their way of doing things is a little different. So he ended up uh, finally sitting out practice and saying, listen, until I get paid, I'm not, you know, I'm not playing. So yeah. he ended up getting paid. He oh, funny me. how that works. And I wanted to take a little commission off of that, and he never paid me. <laughs> <laughs> Lunch or something, right? Exactly. Maybe a nice bottle of wine while yep, you're out yep. in Italy. Yeah, that reminds me, uh, Bobby Frazier, formerly with North Carolina, spent some time overseas, and he told us a story one time about not a player, a teammate of his not getting paid, and instead of you know what you suggested to Fuller, don't practice, don't do X, Y, Z, uh, the gentleman played Angry Birds on his phone on the bench yep. during a game. He's like, I'm just, I'm not going in. I'm just going to play this video game on my phone while the game's going on until you pay me. Eventually that guy ended up getting paid. You've got to be hard over there. And I learned a lot of lessons. I ended up having a a bonus that was supposed to come to me and Mm -hmm. I kept asking for it. Well, we have a game and I tell him I'm not playing in the game until I get my $10,000 bonus. Well, they show up in the locker room right before the game with $10,000 in cash. Oh. Okay. So I said, okay, great. Okay. Well, I put it in my, my locker. I go out and play the game. After the game, guess what? The $10,000 is gone. No. Nobody knows where it went. No. We had the locker. It was locked. We don't know what happened. Did you give it to something? No. I said, I left it right there. And I was livid. So it was like, we paid you, but. We're taking it back. <laughs> you knew they had the money. Oh, yeah. They they, <laughs> they paid me but just stole it Jeez. from me while the game was going on. God. But, uh, yeah, the stories about overseas, I mean, that's endless. But, hey, you know, <laughs> you never had to worry about that with the bullfrogs. You, you didn't know the back roads in Italy, but exactly. you knew the back roads here to get to the bank just in time. Absolutely. Chris, I appreciate it. My pleasure. My pleasure, Joe. A brief history of Triangle Sports, sponsored by Copiers Plus, your local office equipment and solutions provider. Take the mystery out of your printing expenses by scheduling your free print audit today at copiers-plus.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.